More than 20% of people in faith communities are survivors of childhood sexual abuse. But sadly, churches are often the last place a victim of abuse can find help and healing. I'm Kelly Downing, and my dream is a church where survivors like me and so many others can feel safe, be heard, and find healing. Until that happens, this is Survivor Sanctuary, a podcast for survivors of sexual abuse who are navigating the road to healing and for anyone who wants to be a part of the major heart renovation the church needs so that our faith communities can truly become sanctuaries for survivors. Hey, welcome to another episode of Survivor Sanctuary. I am Kelly, your host, and I'm so glad that you've taken some time out of your schedule today, busy or otherwise, to hang out and chat a little bit about surviving sexual abuse as we do each and every week here on the podcast. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to give a big welcome to the latest members of the Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group, Francis, Sarah, Brenda, Karen T., Tracy, Carrie, and Sarah. We had seven new people join in the last couple of days. Survivor Sanctuary is a group on Facebook that is private, and if you're a survivor or you love someone who is or you advocate on behalf of survivors, we would love to have you there. Just search Survivor Sanctuary on Facebook and request to join, and I will add you as soon as I can verify that you're not secretly an axe murderer trying to get in and steal all of our identities. I don't think axe murderers actually do that, but we try to keep it a safe place for everybody. And I just wanted to give a big warm welcome to the latest seven members of the Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group. And if you haven't joined yet, what are you waiting for? It is a great place where we can just hang out. We can share struggles with each other and provide each other with some encouragement. And I even hop on there every once in a while and do Facebook lives. Done a couple of them. And last week I actually debuted my coronavirus haircut. Went into the bathroom with a pair of scissors. I do not recommend it and gave myself a haircut. And I kind of thought that it looked a little bit like a mullet, but I showcased it for the first time on a Facebook live. And if you join the Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group, you will be able to see that video and uh, see what I'm talking about. You know, it didn't look as bad on the video as I thought that it did when I first cut it. So I was a little bit relieved. But anyway, that's there, and I'm sure I'll do more embarrassing things that you'll get to enjoy in the coming days and weeks as well. So life right now in 2020 is a little bit chaotic, a little bit crazy, and also at the same time as it's super chaotic, it's also eerily calm and quiet. If you are one of the millions of people under quarantine right now, you know what I'm talking about. It's like the world is in utter chaos, but we are sitting at home kind of on our couches, in our recliners, or in our backyards, just sort of waiting for the end of all this. And it's very strange. And I've noticed some changes in the way that I feel mentally. I'm usually pretty in tune with how I feel mentally, but one thing about going to a job every day and and having a long commute and, and working a lot of hours is that it's sort of easy to not be in touch with how you're feeling, and it's a little different when I'm in the same place 24-7, and I've kind of been noticing some differences in my mood, differences in my emotions since all of this happened, and I know that a lot of people can relate because it is a chaotic time. It's a crazy time. It's a little bit of a scary time depending on where you're at in the world and if you have loved ones in the medical field or you know people who have become sick you know there are a lot of reasons that we can get emotionally upended during this time but I've just noticed 
that there's another pervasive feeling that seems to be something that's shared with more people than just me. And maybe you can relate to it. And that's what I wanted to talk about on today's podcast. We've done a few podcasts where I've discussed lies that sexual abuse tells you. And there are a lot of them. So each and every one of those little lies that I kind of tend to be ruminating on is going to get its very own episode here on Survivor Sanctuary. And the lie that I think I have been struggling with quite a bit since this whole coronavirus outbreak started is the lie that I'm not enough. And I've been reading some Facebook and Twitter posts from some survivors of sexual abuse over the last couple of weeks where I'm kind of seeing a theme among people where there is this sense of responsibility. Like we have some big obligation to do some big thing as survivors of sexual abuse in order to prove, I don't know if it's to prove to ourselves or to prove to other people that we're enough or that we're worthy but I'm noticing a lot of that right now. And it could just be the fact that I'm on social media a little bit more and I have more time to kill since I'm not running around here and there and everywhere. But it's something that has caught my attention enough over the last few weeks that I really wanted to talk about it on today's podcast. What kind of started it for me was when this whole coronavirus and social distancing thing went into effect. It's been about a month now, a month ago, is this nagging feeling like in the back of my head, the recesses of my mind telling me, okay, I suddenly have all this extra time. I normally commute about 90 minutes to work and 90 minutes home. So that is three hours every single day. It's 15 hours every single work week where I am just in my car driving. And I've always thought to myself that if I just had that time to myself, what I could accomplish with my life. And that's a thought that has been rolling around in my head for years. I would just fantasize about, oh my goodness, if I didn't have that super long commute, I would have so many more hours in the day to get things done. I would be so much more productive. I could do more things in my side businesses. I could do more things with the podcast. I could do more things with the Facebook page and the website. It's this idea that if I just had these hours that I normally spend in the car doing nothing, that I would suddenly be getting so much more done with my life. And so when I was actually presented with the opportunity to find out if that was true, it felt like a lot of pressure. I don't know if you've been feeling kind of the same thing. Maybe not. If you have kiddos and you are responsible for like their homeschooling and taking care of them and and being with them as they scream and yell all day long while you're trying to keep your sanity, maybe that feeling is not as strong. But I've even heard from some people who have children that seem to be struggling with this same thing, this idea that we need to be doing something big with all this time that we suddenly find on our hands. I saw a quote floating around um, a couple of weeks ago, I think was the first time I saw it. It might have been a month ago when this whole quarantine thing started. I believe it was Gwyneth Paltrow who was telling people that basically they need to write a book or learn a new language while they're in quarantine because now they have all this time and they should definitely be doing something productive with it. And I think when I first heard that, I was like, oh dear, you know, the, the bar is set high, need to learn a language, I need to be doing something productive with these hours and these days that I suddenly have that I didn't have before. I guess I had them. I was just doing different things with them. And so I've had this feeling the entire month that I've been trying to stay at home and self-quarantine as much as humanly possible, this feeling of 
there's something I need to be getting done. There's something I need to be accomplishing. And when I don't accomplish some big thing every single day, I feel like a failure. I would ask if I'm the only one struggling with that, but I know from so many Facebook posts and different tweets that I'm not the only person struggling with this, that there are a lot of people feeling this same way right now. And some people have actually directly responded to that Gwyneth Paltrow quote and said, you know what, if you do nothing during this entire quarantine except keep yourself alive to get through it, you're doing good enough. And I appreciate the people who posted that. And it actually did give me a little bit of relief from that feeling that like, oh my gosh, I need to be accomplishing. I need to be getting things done. When this quarantine is over and I go back to my regularly scheduled life where I have so many more little things I have to do every day, you you know, am I going to regret this? What am I going to wish I had done during this time? So those feelings have been overwhelming me just a little bit. And I read a post on Facebook from somebody whose name I'm not going to share because I have not been able to reach out to them for permission to share their post, but a, a person basically talking about how they're struggling and feeling really guilty right now. And one of the reasons for that guilt is that April, this month, if you're listening to the podcast in real time, is Child Abuse Awareness Month. And this person normally does some things to speak out about childhood sexual abuse and raise awareness for it. And they do this during the month of April because, well, it's Child Abuse Awareness Month. And this person was saying that they're really struggling with some personal issues and some of their own issues related to sexual abuse to the point that they haven't been able to do enough. They just can't do it. And the fact that they can't do it has brought on this huge sense of guilt Guilt that, oh, I don't want to be struggling with my own issues. I want to be doing something big for people who are struggling, and I want to be supportive of other people, and I'm feeling terrible that I'm not in that space mentally right now. And I related so well to that post because every night when I lay my head down, I'm struggling with some similar stuff like, am I doing enough? I could have done more today. I could have done more of this, more of that. I could have helped more people. I could, there's so many like could haves and should haves and would haves and all that stuff. And there is a great sense of guilt, it seems like, not just for me, but for other people who are in that same space as well. Now, I don't want to say that this is something that's specifically related to survivors of childhood sexual abuse, because honestly, I think that that clawing feeling, that nagging thought in the back of your head that you need to be doing more is a part of the human condition. But I think that for survivors of sexual abuse, sometimes it can hit us a little bit harder even based on so many lies that sexual abuse has told us our entire lives. And I think that one of the biggest lies is you are not enough. There's just something about having your body used and abused um, when you're in your formative years that just gives you that feeling like I'm not good enough the way that I am. And when we experience those feelings early in life, it's something that tends to stick with us. It's just a part of the mapping of our brains because whatever you learn while your brain is still forming is something that tends to stick with you. And even if you learned it or were abused when you were not super young and you're not in those very uh, formative years where things can imprint so easily on your brain, there's something about abuse that just tells a person, you're not good enough. You're not enough. 
and that's why somebody abused you. There's something wrong with you, and that's why somebody abused you. You've got some issue that made you easy to abuse. So you have some sort of fatal flaw that made it easy for you to be abused, and because you have that fatal flaw, you're not good enough, and also because you were abused, you're not good enough. It's kind of like that double whammy, and it's something that we tend to struggle with. And I thought it was important to address it today and just chat about it. One, because I'd like to get it off my chest. And two, because there are so many ways that those feelings of not being enough can disguise themselves in our lives. And I'm discovering some of them in this quarantine. It's easy to say, like, I know that I'm enough because I am a human being. I am a living, breathing human being created in the image of God. And that reality makes me enough. You don't have to add anything. You don't have to subtract anything. I am enough. I'm not too little and I'm not too much. I'm absolutely just right. And saying it seems to be the easy part, but getting to believe it down at the gut level seems to be a little bit more challenging. And something that I've noticed in myself is that one of the ways that I can tend to try and soothe those feelings of not being enough or try to stuff them down where I can't access them is to be doing things that I feel make me more worthy as a human being. And I don't mean more worthy than any other person. I just mean worthy enough so that the value of my existence doesn't need to be questioned. And it sounds a little harsh when I say that out loud, but honestly, I saw this in the post that I read this week that I just shared with you, that sense of feeling guilty, like, I am a survivor of sexual abuse and I am struggling with these feelings and I'm struggling with the mental health issues that come along with being a survivor of sexual abuse for so many people and I'm struggling with all of these things that I need to do just to be able to call myself a survivor and I just don't have the energy to help anybody else right now. I don't have the energy to tell everybody that it's Child Abuse Awareness Month and to try and raise awareness and be this great person because I have no energy to keep my own mental health in check and to keep my own healing going. Those feelings of guilt, those feelings that you need to be more than a victim, those feelings that you need to be farther along in your healing process, At the root of all of those feelings is the belief that you're not enough. The belief that your worthiness as a human being has to be earned. The belief that to struggle with anxiety or depression or PTSD or any myriad of issues you may be struggling with because you experienced sexual abuse as a child somehow makes you less than as a human, less worthy than other people and less than enough. So that belief drives us to do, 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 accomplish, accomplish, to kind of keep that feeling at bay. Or on the other hand, it may not motivate you. That feeling might defeat you to the point where you can't do anything because you're so paralyzed by the thought of all the things that you need to do and accomplish and all the ways that you need to heal, just so you can feel like your value as a human being can't be called into question. Or the question of whether or not you are worthy of taking up space on this planet. And it sounds a little bit intense, but honestly, at the root of all of those feelings that we have is that feeling of I'm not enough. And if you're not enough just because you're a living, breathing human being, and just because you're you, even on your worst day, then I feel like that is kind of calling into question whether or not you're worthy of walking around on this planet just like everybody else. It might sound extreme. 
But when you really begin to dissect those feelings, I think that that is what is at the root of it. I don't know if this is something that you've been struggling with a lot lately, or maybe something that you've spent your whole life struggling with and you didn't even realize that that was your struggle. I've kind of realized that that's been a big part of my struggle over the last month as I sort of mentally berate myself for not doing more or having this feeling of like anxiety of like, oh my gosh, there's only a limited time where I'm quarantined to my house and I don't have a commute and I I don't have X, Y, Z going on. So I have all this time and I need to accomplish something so I don't look back on this time and think I did nothing with my life. You know, Uh, those feelings are so magnified for me right now. But it wasn't until I saw these posts from other people and started to read them and really started to think about it that I kind of connected the dots and realized this isn't just a coronavirus thing. This is a lifelong struggle for so many of us who have survived sexual abuse. Am I enough if I'm struggling with depression right now? Am I enough if I haven't been focusing on my healing? And that's one that's easy to disguise itself because we feel like focusing on our healing and focusing on kind of moving forward from victim to survivor is this really amazing thing. And honestly, anything that you can do for yourself is a good thing. However, when you start to use that as a measuring device for your worthiness as a human, it becomes a problem because the truth is that you do not need to heal more in order to be enough. You don't need to learn one more thing about your mental health. You don't need to go to one more therapy session. You don't need to have a certain number of days in a row where you don't have any mental health struggles. You don't have to do any of those things to be enough as a human being. And it's not that those things aren't good. So hear me when I say that. I'm not telling you that to work on your healing is a bad thing or that you shouldn't do it. But what I am saying is, that none of the progress that you make in healing from sexual abuse makes you more worthy. None of the emotional or spiritual or mental breakthroughs that you have as you heal from sexual abuse make you more enough than you were when you very first started the journey. And I think that that is where the disconnect can be for a lot of us. We start out as enough. We are born enough. And when people come along and use us and abuse us and wreak havoc in our lives, they treat us as subhuman. They treat us as though we're not worthy inherently. And so we start to believe that about ourselves. And so it's a natural progression to go from that to thinking, well, now I understand that I was abused and now I understand that it wasn't my fault and I understand that I have all these struggles because of what happened to me when I was a child. I mean, that, that was an epiphany for me. I, I went from thinking sexual abuse had done nothing to me to having this whole just like world come crashing down on me and just realizing with my chin on the floor, oh my gosh, like All of these things that I've been struggling with, and I could never put two and two together, that this was a result of this. So realizing that is a huge thing. Realizing that something was taken from you, and you were abused, and you are struggling as a result. Those are huge truths that kind of get dropped on us when we begin the healing process. And when you realize things have been put in disarray, I think it is natural that you want to reorganize them, to set them up to the way they should have been from the beginning. 
And that's why we start working on ourselves. And that's why we start going to get help because maybe we realize, oh, okay, I'm struggling in this area because I was abused. And so maybe somebody can help me to be able to heal from this so that I can stop struggling in this area or so that I can have better relationships or so that I can thrive more in life. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing whatsoever. It only becomes a problem when we tie our worth to our level of healing. It only becomes a problem when we tie our worth and our enoughness to how much we're helping other people. And when I read this post about April being Child Abuse Awareness Month, I knew that April was Child Abuse Awareness Month. And I want to share with you why I knew this. And I'm tearing up a little bit. And that was kind of unexpected, the emotion behind it. But the reason that I know that April is Child Abuse Awareness Month is because every single April, I am overcome by this heavy, heavy weight of guilt, exactly like this person was talking about in their Facebook post, the guilt that is on my shoulders, that it is April and I didn't plan some massive thing where I can help people survive sexual abuse or some massive thing where I can raise all this awareness for kids who are being abused and I didn't do enough. And every single April, I have the same crushing sense of guilt that I haven't done enough with my platform, with my healing, with, you know, fill in the blank. So when I read this post, I felt like I was reading something that I have written myself every single April because it's that same sense of guilt and it's such a heavy burden. And the reason that I think that we struggle with this sense of guilt that we're not doing enough is because we think that we are not enough standing alone. Just me, a person created by God in his own image, doing absolutely nothing for the world, that person is enough. And at a gut level, we don't really believe that. And I think that that's why we struggle so much. When you believe that you're not enough, if you start struggling with PTSD, if you start struggling with your borderline personality disorder, if you start struggling with anxiety, if your depression ramps up, if you believe deep down inside that you're not enough, any one of those struggles is going to catapult you back to that feeling of worthlessness or unworthiness. And I can say that with confidence because it's something that happens in my own life. If I find myself struggling, if I find myself dealing with more anxiety than usual, if I find myself losing my temper, uh, anger is a big thing because anger was a big no-no for me growing up. Like you're not allowed to express anger. Only certain people are allowed and you're not one of them. And so there's this always like a deep sense of guilt. If I get angry about something, even if it's something that I should get angry about, that is just an internal struggle. And your struggles may be different. For you, maybe it's not about a mental health struggle. Maybe it's not anxiety or depression or some sort of mental health disorder that you might be dealing with because of sexual abuse. For you, it might be something else. Some people deal with their trauma by becoming these go-getters, people who just accomplish, 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 and they get so much stuff done, and they're such driven people, and other people know they're getting stuff done, and they're a person that's always going to be busy and always going to be accomplishing, but what they may not know is that at the root of that 
is a sense of desperation. Like I need to stay busy so I don't have to think about what's happening in my head. I need to keep accomplishing things so that I don't have any time to sort of really ruminate on those feelings inside that if I don't do these things, that means I'm not enough. I refer to sexual abuse as the gift that keeps on giving because the abuse itself tells us something that is usually very negative and teaches us something about ourselves that's extremely negative. But then the side effects of being sexually abused, whatever struggle you have emotionally, spiritually, mentally, whatever it might be, psychologically, those side effects also tend to tell us a story as well. So we have sexual abuse saying, you're not enough. You were abused And that means you're not enough because if you were enough, nobody would have done that to you. And then the side effects of our abuse, our anxiety or depression or whatever you might be struggling with, tell us the same thing. Well, you're not enough unless you're healing from this. You're not enough unless you get victory over your depression. You're not enough unless you haven't had a panic attack in X number of days. So we've got the abuse telling us lies and then the side effects of the abuse backing up those lies 100% every step of the way. So this episode of Survivor Sanctuary, if you walk away with absolutely nothing else, if you don't remember another word that I say this entire episode, the whole point of this episode is that you have to do precisely nothing to be enough. Your worth and your value are non-negotiable. Other things may be able to be negotiated, but your worthiness cannot be negotiated. You are enough. You do not need to heal more to be enough. You do not need to help other people heal from sexual abuse in order to be enough. You don't have to host seminars where you teach parents how to recognize sexual abuse in children. You don't have to advocate for anyone else to prove that you're worthy, to prove that you have value, or to prove that you're enough. You, by yourself, with nothing else added. That you is enough. And I always feel like I need to put a caveat in here because I think that I've listened to too many motivational speakers and motivational speakers usually tend to say the opposite of the things that I say here on my podcast. And I just think that it's important to interject at this point. No one is saying that you shouldn't give yourself the gift of healing if you have the opportunity and you have the mental energy to do that. No one is telling you to hang up your hat, never help anybody again, never advocate on behalf of the abused, never record another podcast about sexual abuse. No one is saying that you need to do any of that to prove that you believe you're enough. The point is that none of those things are proof of your value because your value is you. Stripped down, no accomplishments, no advocacy, No breakthrough therapy sessions, not a single thing added. It's just you and you're enough by yourself. And that's why you don't need to feel guilty if you're struggling with your own childhood trauma and you just can't seem to help anybody else right now. You don't need to feel guilty if you haven't been journaling and journaling really helps you heal. You don't need to feel guilty that you haven't done some big thing and fill in the blank because I want to put a blank there because it's different for every single person. Some of us might have some similar ideas of what makes us more worthy, but whatever that blank is, you fill it in there. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do that to be enough. You're enough all by yourself. And here's 
where the freeing part comes in. And here's where I think the hopefulness comes in. It is that understanding and that recognition that you're enough without anything added that is going to give you the freedom and the breakthrough necessary to actually be useful to other people, to actually be able to be an advocate who makes a difference, to actually be able to have breakthroughs in your own healing. That base understanding that I'm enough, I don't have to panic that I'm not doing something that I need to be doing to prove to other people that I'm worthy. That base knowledge that I am enough just as I am, that is such a huge part of what actually leads to your healing. And that is a huge part of what leads to you being able to help other people who are struggling. Because if you don't know it for yourself, you can't teach it to anybody else. So something that has helped me um, with this is just to write down some of the accessories. We'll call them accessories. What accessories do you add to yourself? Just that stripped down version, that figuratively naked person that is enough all by themselves What are the accessories that you add to that picture where you think, well, I am enough, but let me add this bracelet of advocacy. Let me add this scarf of volunteer work. Let me just add this little accent of blank. What is it that you add to that picture that finishes the look, so to speak? So I like to write those things down. Because when you just think about something, it's very easy to miss things. And second, it's easy to forget them very quickly, especially if you're a really busy person. Uh, So writing things down, it uses a different part of your brain than just thinking about a list of things. And there is so much science behind this, but I am definitely not a scientist. I'm not even going to try to talk about it. Just trust me. I read an article somewhere. It's definitely scientific. When you write things down, it tends to really help. So I want you, if you have time this week, to make a list of the things you accessorize with that make you feel like you're enough. And that when you strip those things away, you feel very naked and you feel very insecure and you feel very unworthy. And make a list of those things. Um, For one person, it might be, you know, if I don't advocate enough, if I don't speak out about sexual abuse enough, I feel like that I'm not worthy. I feel like I'm not enough if I'm not helping other people heal from sexual abuse. I feel like I'm not enough if the month of April rolls around and I don't have some huge campaign to end child sexual abuse in the world. I don't feel like I'm enough if blank. It's going to be different for every single person. Your mileage is going to vary here, but there are things that we rely on to make us feel like we're worthy, like we're enough. And it's anything, anything on this earth that is not just you. You, on your absolute worst day, at your core, are enough. And I think if you start to make a list of what those things are, some of them might really take you by surprise. Things that you've been holding on to or been feeling guilty about or that you've been using as a crutch, like I don't ever feel like I'm enough, but if I do this, then at least I can feel like I'm enough. I can feel like I'm worthy. I can feel like I deserve to be taking up space here on planet earth with everybody else. And once you know what that crutch is, once you know what those accessories are that you're adding, it'll be that much easier to strip them off and come back to that belief or find it for the very first time in some cases 
that you're enough with absolutely zero added to you. So I don't know if that's been you throughout coronavirus or maybe if it's been you throughout your entire life, but recognizing that you're already enough is healing. That's healing from sexual abuse. That's healing from trauma. And if nothing else, it's going to release you from so much of that guilt. And it's a burden, right? It's a burden to walk around thinking that there's something that you have to be doing at all times to earn your keep in this world. I'm not advocating being lazy. I'm not advocating giving up on life and just saying, you know what, I'm enough by myself, so I don't need to brush my teeth ever again. Not saying any of those things. Just saying it's you that makes you enough. The way you're created with nothing added on. And I just wanted to share that with you today. I don't know if you were struggling with it the way that I've been, but there's so much freedom in recognizing that super simple truth. Well, it's simple to say. It's a little bit harder to actually believe it. And that's where I think it's important to kind of write down some of the ways that maybe you've been trying to prove your worth. And you don't have to do it because your worth is a non-negotiable. I'd love to keep this conversation going in the Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group. So if you have any thoughts that you want to add, maybe you want to share your own struggles in this area or some things that maybe have helped you to overcome those feelings of not being enough. I'd love to hear your thoughts and you can join us there on the Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group page. Just search Survivor Sanctuary, ask to be added, and I will get you into the group. And I can't wait to talk to you there. I'll catch you back here on the next episode of Survivor Sanctuary. See you then. Thanks for listening to Survivor Sanctuary with me, Kelly Downing. If you found value in today's podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. Not only will it put a big smile on my face, more importantly, your reviews will help make it easier for other survivors and survivor advocates to find this podcast. Also, make sure you subscribe to Survivor Sanctuary wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can also join the conversation in our Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group. And for exclusive content, be sure to visit SurvivorSanctuary.com. Join me next time for another episode of Survivor Sanctuary. See you then.